homes across 35 states under heat alerts from California to Maine. In southern Florida, Miami's record streak of 46 days with a heat index above 100 degrees has finally come to an end. Storms helping to bring down temperatures. More than six inches of rain fell in Fort Lauderdale on Thursday, flooding roads and stranding drivers. Two feet uh, water and we tried to reverse and the car was stuck right here. El Paso, Texas, with its 43rd consecutive day of temperatures at or above 100 degrees. Phoenix, Arizona, breaking a record. Today will be the city's 29th day with temperatures above 110. Maricopa County has confirmed 25 heat-related deaths this month, but nearly 250 others are still under investigation. If you're out in the heat, you should be sweating. If all of a sudden you're feeling hot and you're not sweating, it means your system is starting to shut down. That summer heat now impacting the Midwest, the Great Lakes, and the Northeast. Cities like Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philly, and D.C. will see temperatures in the 90s and 100s. But some relief is on the way. The Southwest, where they've had those crushing of their records in Phoenix or El Paso, will finally see some monsoon flow and some cooling as we go into early next week. New York and Boston will likely see their first heat waves of the season with three consecutive days of temps above 90 degrees. But the heat won't last long. By Sunday, temperatures in the Northeast should be back into the low 80s and 70s. Alexis Christophorus, ABC News, New York. All right, welcome back on this hot Tuesday. <laughs> oh, climate alarmists, they're out of control. I can tell you that right now. Everybody that's uh, expecting the world to come to an end because of the climate, if you're one of those crazy people, right now is probably a bad time for you. I'm sure you're suffering and, and you're freaking out and you're thinking that this is it, it's over, the end has arrived. Well, let me uh, be the first to share with you that do not fear, do not worry, <laughs> the end is not coming. Okay? First of all, nobody knows when the end is coming because that is whenever the Lord Almighty says it is. Beyond that, I can tell you that the end is not coming because we've kind of gone through this before. I'm going to go through a whole bunch of history right now, and I'm going to show you, so you have, for your own personal knowledge, you see the game that's been played, and it's been being played for the past 60 years or so. Uh, it's just now we're in an era where social media and misinformation and disinformation, nobody knows what to believe and then you have so many people crying uh, about the climate anymore. It just, it's, it seems like it's worse than it has ever been. However, it's not. 1967, they predicted that we would be in dire famine by 1975. Now, mind you, any of these things, depending on how old you are, you may remember them, you may not. 1969. Everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989 because of all the pollution that's coming <laughs> that we keep doing to the earth. 1970, Ice Age by the year 2000. 1970, Americans' uh, subjection to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. Seems like... Those dates have all passed by and we're still kicking. 1971, the new ice age is still coming. 1972, the new ice age will be here by 2070. And that was from a Brown University study. So so uh, it's heating up right now. We're in 2023. What's going on with the ice age? I was kind of, we were kind of waiting on that one. <laughs> 1974, the new ice age is coming fast. 
Oh, and, and because I forgot to tell you in the beginning, these are all headlines from different news organizations, newspapers, and whatnot um, over time. 1974, the ozone depletion of a, a, a giant peril of life. 1976, the cooling. 1978, no end in sight to the 30-year cooling trend. 1980, acid rain kills life in lakes. Acid rain will also kill you. 1988, uh, increased regional drought in the 1990s. 1988, D.C. days over 90 degrees Fahrenheit went up from 35 to 85. What happened to the cooling, by the way? I mean, we went from the 70s, we're talking about an ice age. You know, the 60s, we're talking about famine. 70s, we're talking about ice age. In the 80s, they were talking about acid rain. And then we're going into D.C. having going from 35 to 85 days with temperatures above 90 degrees Fahrenheit. 1988, islands will be underwater in 30 years. Well, I mean, we're pretty much getting there. I don't know if your island seems like it's currently sinking or not. 1989, rising seas to obliterate nations by the year 2000. And that was in 89. Well, apparently we passed by that one. 2000, children won't know what snow is. Uh, we went from a freezing, a freezing period. We're going into an ice age. Now you're not going to know what snow is. 2002, famine in 10 years. Well, 2012 went by and it seemed like we're doing okay. Uh, 2004, Britain to have a Siberian climate by the year 2020. And they're crying the most over there that it's too hot. But I guess that Siberian climate didn't kind of work out there. 2008, the Arctic will be... Ice-free by 2018, 2009, Prince Charles tells everybody, or now King Charles, that they we have eight years to save the planet. So by 2017, we were supposed to all be dead. Apparently, that's okay, too. 2013, the Arctic should be ice-free by 2015. Well, <laughs> 2014, we only have 500 days before climate chaos. I mean, I'm just going to stop there. Because I think we're, I hope we're getting the point. 50 years of lies and nonsense about how what we are doing, we're, it's, we're always in peril. The world is always coming to an end. Whether it's the ice age or it's the heat wave or it's by famine or it's by the ice caps and the polar caps melting and drowning us all in massive floods. We're all supposed to be dead by now. Uh, and if you've listened and believed these people, or if you've listened to these people, or if you remember some of these events, you should take that into consideration when you are deciding whether or not to buy into the bullcrap that they're selling you right now. This summer, and uh, I brought you something last week by, by Brian Mudd, uh, a great analysis on the climate. Has climate changed? Has it made big changes since certain years? Yes, of course, but the climate's always changing. That's why we go through ice ages and warming periods. The climate does change. That's what it does. No no two days really are ever the same. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. If you live in South Florida, you could go to sleep at nighttime and it's 85 degrees and you get up and walk out your door in the morning it's 30 degrees and you're like, what in the hell just happened here? And then the next day it's back to 80-something degrees because that's just the way weather flows down here. Keep in mind that all of this is designed to create panic because panic makes people seek out uh, guidance, makes people seek out safety. 
Okay? Once they do that, that's how they get you. Well, now that you're panicking and you're freaking out and you think it's the end of the world, when they tell you something crazy to do, it doesn't seem that crazy. So you're willing to go along with the bullcrap and the nonsense. This summer is no hotter than any other. So I've, I know for a fact I worked in landscaping uh, for a big portion of my life. Uh, I've done a, quite a few things and I've worked outside and I can assure you as hot as this summer is and no matter what they say about records or whatnot, I got to be honest, it's hot, but I don't think this is the hottest summer that I've, I've experienced personally. I think the hottest summer that I experienced was, was somewhere in 2015, 2014, somewhere around there where you just walk outside and down here in South Florida, it was literally like hooking a, a steam uh, uh, right up to your mouth and you're just breathing steam. I mean, it was so thick. Even the air was just hard to breathe because it was so hot down here. So for me, yeah, it's hot. It's cooking. No doubt. Just like every other summer, it's always cooking. Every summer's hot. I don't know when, where we got off track here thinking that it's supposed to be cool in the summertime, but every summer, as far as I, my entire life, it's always been hot. And generally, July and August, and for at least down here in South Florida, even pretty much September, we are cooking. It ain't nothing nice. Hey, hurricane season, we're dying from heat. We're worried about hurricanes rolling through. We don't want to lose our power because if if we do, then we're cooking inside the house on top of everything else. Can't even cool down. It's, it's just part of life. It's just the way it's been. They do this and they, brought, they complain about this and they cry about this. Why? Climate change, climate change, climate change. Oh my God. Well, we have to do something about it. We got to stop the climate. They have no control over the climate. Zero. There is nothing that they could do to stop what the earth will do on its own. They're just, it's impossible. We were not here to control past events that happened. We had no impact on ice ages. We had no impact on warming periods. The earth goes in cycles. You have no control. Can you contribute a little bit to it? Sure. I'm sure we could with this industrial revolution that we've been in. Should we contribute a little bit to it? Yes. Is that going to be the end all? Is that it? The earth is going to cease to exist anymore because, you know, we are using too much oil? No, I seriously doubt that. We talked about the other day how the way people used to do things and how, and how damaging it was to the environment because either they didn't care or they didn't know any better. Or you didn't have any rules to stop them from doing it even though they knew it was bad. Yeah, we are better now than we ever were, at least in the United States. There is so much red tape on everything. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely aren't dumping sludge. I can I promise you that. And if they catch you doing it, you're going to be in a whole heap of, uh, of trouble. Yeah, other countries I can't speak for. Other countries, they, they pollute you know, extremely bad, which then we could argue all day long that no matter how clean we might be, at the end of the day, if they don't clean up their act too, then this supposed end that is coming from this year climate nonsense, uh, it's coming one way or the other because they're not stopping. So since they're not stopping, it's all over. We're just going to suffer on the way out where they're going to live life and, and having a world party without us. <laughs> so I, the only reason I brought this up is all you're hearing about is people complain about the heat. And in my mind, I'm sitting here going, it's summertime. Do you expect it to be cold? Uh, has anybody here, do you expect to walk outside and it be 60 degrees and just feel beautiful, crisp air? 
<laughs> I mean, I would love it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's my favorite type of weather. But uh, I don't think anybody here expects that. I think we all expect that it's time to cook, which is why most everybody's visiting Florida, even during this extreme heat, because they're cooking on the beach. Got a whole, I mean, uh, you want to talk about an a epidemic? I can only imagine skin cancer must be on a rampage. <laughs> on the beach right now. Everybody's soaking up the sun. Lobster red. Oh, skin cancer is just loving life right now. We're we're feeding that beast. Beyond that, it is what it is. Climate change. Nonsense. All nonsense. All right. Let's move on from the climate change. Uh, there was a story that came out about a transsexual. I think it's important to bring these things up. Uh, post-operation transsexual in Canada has requested that the socialized healthcare system provide an assisted suicide lethal injection in order order to end long-term suffering and pain from surgery to manufacture a neo-vagina. Louis, I I believe it's Cardinal. Uh, He is a self-described sterilized first national post-op transsexual. He has expressed immense regret over his 2009 surgery to create an imitation vagina out of an introverted penis, saying that the that euthanasia would be preferable to the constant pain from the novel operation. The aftermath of the surgery often leaves many in pain, with the resulting neovagina effectively being an open wound that needs to be dilated daily to prevent it from closing. Speaking to the Daily Mail, Cardinal said, I'm in consistent discomfort and pain. Uh, It's taken its psychological burden on me. If I'm not able to access proper medical care, I don't want to continue to do this. Uh, In Canada, they have the MAID, which is Medical Assisted in Dying Euthanasia Program. Uh, Despite the progressive socialized healthcare system being one of the most liberal in providing assisted suicides, the 35-year-old Alberta residents has initially been rejected for it. And based on current clinical information and and consultants, the patient does not meet the certain made criteria. So as much as he would like to die by having done this radical surgery to himself because he's been in consistent pain since 2009, which is a long time to be in pain. Uh, Canada, after allowing such a radical surgery, won't even help him, which I don't I don't want him to kill himself, but won't even help him in assisting him in taking himself out because that's the only way that he sees out of this, which is sad in itself. But what should be being addressed here is mental health issues. Uh, anybody that you're considering taking your own life, uh, there, there's an issue there. And there, you definitely need to seek some help from people that actually care about you. Uh, and you definitely need to seek some help from the Lord Almighty because suicide is never the way. Uh, with that being said, <clears throat> these are the situations that many of these transgender especially younger children or young adults that decide to do these radical surgeries are going to face every day. <clears throat> if you remember that Chaz, that the little boy that, that his parents turned him in, uh, uh, had him play girl since he was, God, I, I don't even, maybe four or five years old, something like that. It, it was very young. That was the TLC hit. Well, I'm sure most of you are familiar with it. Uh, his mother was talking about that, that, that you have to, you have to dilate yourself every single day to keep the, the wound open because it's not natural because it can never be what a woman has. A woman's part is designed the way it's designed that you need nothing there. 
There's not. It, it is what it is. It is it is constructed and designed to be what it is. You don't need any assistance keeping anything open or no, nothing. It it is as God intended. You are designed that way. Period. Men, you are not designed that way. So the fact is that you're facing these problems, these radical surgery problems, and you can see now that these are lifelong problems. And this guy in particular is complaining about pain that he's been in for 14 years. That's a long time to be in pain. Listen, I'm a, I'm not an old man yet. I'm sure I'm getting there quickly. Uh, my body does not like me from all of the heavy lifting in my younger days. So my joints don't like me too much. My lower back certainly does not like me. And I can tell you that I have certain areas that I am in pain daily. And uh, I think as a man, you kind of get used to it. You just live with it. It's part of life. I mean, what guy do you ever hear at a certain age doesn't complain about their back? <laughs> I don't know too many. Normally, you're going to hear about backs, shoulders, hips, knees. I mean, that's just kind of part of us. That's the way we are. If you've, you're a working man, you've done that your whole life, it's just kind of part of the deal. Uh, I learned to deal with it. I've learned to live with the way I feel. Uh, so for me to hear that somebody, you are in so much pain that death is preferable to pain he must be dealing with a lot. And granted, the surgery is so radical, I'm not surprised. But this is why you have to stop these types of surgeries, especially for minors. Because you have a young child whose parents are making this decision to put them in this type of a situation that you can see, for some people, not all, but for some people, the only way out, the only way that they see out is death, is taking themselves out. Because I don't know um, 100%, but I'm fairly sure once you do the surgery, there's no going back. At least that's my understanding. Once it's done, it's done. Once they've redone everything, it's not like they could put you back together. So you're stuck like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they fix that other than uh, maybe some other type of very radical surgery that will – you know, it's probably degrading at that point because you're, you won't have anything there. Maybe there'll just be some way for you to relieve yourself. I, I don't know how that works out. I don't really care to know, but, uh, these, these are, this is the type of stuff that happens and you're doing it to young children that are not even old enough to think about these consequences in the future, just because you're a parent that thinks it's trendy and cool. And that's what your kid says that they want. And you're just like, okay, let's go do it. That's why we need to keep these laws in place. And we need to put more laws in place to prevent this for me. It shouldn't be like 18 and you can go do it. For me, it should be 18 uh, and you could start getting counseling from the right people and talking and everything. And you have to wait a certain amount of time and meet certain uh, goals or whatever to make sure that as you continue to grow in your brain, it really gets to where it needs to be that you are still all in on this because this is so radical. I mean, there's really no turning back. So I thought that was important to bring up. Because we're always fighting about this. We're trying to protect children. These crazy parents that at 13 are talking about 13, 14 year old. They're cutting their daughter's chests off. They're talking about doing radical surgeries to their sons and daughters on the bottom side. I mean, come on. I mean, it's insane. It's insane that we even have to have this conversation. It's insane that I got to even talk about this. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. That's how insane it is. But definitely worth talking about. All right. Hunter Biden, Devin Archer did make it to court today 
contrary to popular opinion, there were a lot of people that thought that potentially he was not going to make it there. Uh, he was uh, supposedly getting threats from the uh, DOJ, uh, basically telling him that you're going to serve a year in prison if you show up type deal. I mean, that's at least the, some of the stuff that was coming out. He did make his way to Congress uh, and, and did uh, talk to the committee. And it looks like after the first day, it's not not looking too good for the big guy. It looks like he's the link. He's the missing link between Hunter and the big guy. Now he's spilling his guts. Of course, we don't know exactly what's being said. It's not being televised. It's all behind closed doors. But what you're hearing from both sides, one side is not saying that Joe Biden was not involved. They're just trying to make excuses as to why he was involved uh, with phone calls, making statements like it would be rude not to say hello on the phone. Uh, I mean, you're the vice president of the United States. There's no reason to be rude at any time, but if Hunter Biden's on the phone with somebody, one of his business associates, um, you're really, you're going to, oh, oh yeah, daddy, daddy, daddy here, say hello, don't be rude, daddy. Okay, all right, all right, uh, Hunter. Hello, this is Joe, hello, just going to call. No, come on, man. How, how stupid do they think people are? Okay, obviously, he's involved, and Devin Nunes, and uh, Devin Nunes, um, Devin Archer is over here uh, explaining to people from what we are hearing coming out from the other side that at at least 20 different times, Joe Biden was involved in all these phone calls. Now you have text messages, you have phone calls. All this proves is that Joe Biden is a no good, dirty liar. <laughs> Big revelation there. Like, did you know Joe Biden was a liar? I think he did. <laughs> okay. Well, we know he was a liar. We know that he, him and his crime family are completely entwined in all this nonsense. We know that he was selling America out to enrich himself. Nothing here is new. We all knew this is what was happening. And now we just have more proof because you have the third person involved willing to talk about it and call out everybody uh, for what they actually did. So what does this mean? Joe Biden, we talked about this with McCarthy uh, you know, considering impeachment. Well, now you're hearing all this and, you know, they're thinking now this may rise to the level of, uh, you know, an impeachment inquiry. Really? Trump's Trump's whole situation couldn't have risen to this level because it was all fabricated. There was no way for Trump's situation to get to this level, yet he was impeached. Why don't you Republicans grow a pair and actually pull the trigger and impeach Joe Biden? Granted, it's not getting through the Senate, but at a minimum, why don't you give him the same treatment that they gave Trump? See, that's the problem with all of you people. All you Republicans, you never fight fire with fire. They always lay back and don't do what they're supposed to do. What they need to do is impeach Joe Biden. I mean, let, let's just get it on. What are we talking about inquiries for? What are we talking about potentials for? Obviously, there is a real link between him and his son. It's obvious that he has enriched himself uh, through his position as vice president uh, by selling America out. What more is there to talk about? What more is there to do? Again, this is why I don't care too much about any of this stuff because when I, especially when I hear them say after these conversations where now you got a smoking gun, you got the guy telling you that he's there, he knows it's all proof, DOJ's trying to attack him because they know how damaging this is about to be and they can't protect Biden anymore and the news media outlets are going to get to a point where you're going to see soon if they know for a fact that 
he is unprotectable. You're going to see how all mainstream media is going to slowly start changing their tune and they're going to be so just so they can say we called him out on it. What are we waiting on? Impeach him. They won't. As much as I like to say they would, they won't. That's just the way the Republicans are. They they're just they do barely enough to get you to vote for them. They did just enough to get you, keep you hanging on just to vote for them. They never actually go in for the kill. Democrats are trying to slaughter at any given moment. But Republicans, they do just enough to scrape by to let you believe that possibly they're going to do something, but they never actually do anything. All right. And with that being said, this is the end, you tiffle friend. <laughs> that is it. If you'd like to hear it, please rate review me. If you'd like to reach out to me, go on one of my social media uh, handles. Uh, beyond that, I hope you have a beautiful Tuesday, and we will definitely do it again. Tomorrow.